thanks for coming back. Men of the Prize podcast, it is my, it is I, Harvey, your host, and we are talking about being a man. So I have another great guest this week. And this time, you know, I went and grabbed in to, you know, a, you know, I guess a stream of friends because I like podcasts and I do one on the side and hear us talk about it after the um, interview. Freddie Fisher is who is on the podcast this week. But I want to just give you a thought before I kind of get into it. I was driving around today and I was listening to my, you know, the music that I love. And, you know, I'm an 80s kid. I love 80s music. But one thing I remember growing up is that I was never particularly confident enough in myself to not care what other people thought. And I'll explain. I'm a black kid, obviously, black man now. So there's a certain expectation about the music or movies or whatever that I listen to. But I'm not that kid. I love music. So I grew up in the 80s. I loved big hair rock. I loved Metallica. I loved Whitesnake. I loved Def Leppard. I loved Phil Collins. I loved Genesis. So I was in the car and I'm listening to Invisible Touch and I'm enjoying it. I'm rocking out. And I'm thinking, you know, now I'm driving around. And I don't give a damn if anybody sees me listening to this. I got the windows down. And if you hear this coming out of my car and you think something's wrong, that's your problem. But about 20 or so years ago, that would have been my problem. I would have put way too much value in somebody else's opinion. And I realize as a man, we do that. As men, we do that a lot. We give people way too much power over us. And it took me a while to get past that. And it took a friend of mine who really didn't care, who was very much, he listened to music, we talked, and it was just like, I wanted that kind of confidence. And he doesn't even know, and he's a good friend of mine, and one day maybe I'll get him on here and I'll tell him. But it was a certain level of confidence I didn't have, but I saw it in somebody else. And, I'm just, and I decided I got to have that too. So I want you to think about that this week. The only real opinion that should matter to you is yours. How are you as a man? Are you happy with the man that you are or the man you're going to be because you're on this journey? to being a man. And that's what this is. That's what we're doing. We're talking about the journey. Every man has a different journey. And we're just talking about it. We're writing about it. We are putting it out into the world. We're not keeping it in. We're spreading it out. And hopefully not only will it help us, but it'll help other men listening too. So I will let you know who our guest is. That is Freddie Fisher. And here's his bio. I'm a 36-year-old husband, father, atheist, wedding officiant, and podcaster. I grew up in the church, but now am so opposed to it, it is almost comical. I like the memory-inducing moments in life. Looking back, it's all you got. My motto in life is, being a bastard is okay, but don't be a dick. That's Freddie, and that's our guest this week. And before I send you to the episode, you know what's coming. You know I love a good quote. The quote I'm going to send you off to this week is this. A man is not old until regrets take the place of dreams. That is powerful. By the way, that is John Barrymore. Until you kind of give in and realize what you've done and now you can't fix it and you regret it, that's when you become old, which means you can live, you can keep living no matter what and keep going. You don't ever wanna to get to the part of regret because you can fix almost anything. So keep that in mind as you're living. You've made mistakes, we all have. Don't regret it, fix it, make peace with it, make peace with people, be a better man. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Men of the Prize podcast. Like I mentioned earlier, I hope you're having a great week. And if you aren't, here's how we're going to help. I am lucky to have a friend, Freddie Fisher, on the episode. He is our case study this week. How are you today, Mr. Fisher? I am great. I absolutely love the friend thing, too. We, we haven't talked about that one but I, I do I, I consider you and the rest of crew, crew all friends as well so 
No, I mean, yes, I've talked, I've talked to you a lot more than a lot of other people that I have in my life. So you're definitely friends. And we will talk about how we know each other when we're done with this. And we'll Go definitely ahead. promote that. But what we're doing here is we're talking about what it is to be a man. That's what this is. This is a discussion about being the prize. So before we get started, one thing I always do is this. The one thing I'm an expert at being is me, being the man that I am. I can't tell you how to be a man. So I can't diagnose. I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you what your problems are. What I can do is have a conversation with somebody and hopefully that communication leads to recognition of issues or things you need to talk about with somebody else. And if these episodes, this episode leads you to having some issues that you want to, you know, kind of talk through, find somebody who's trained. I'm not. I'm just here as a vessel to talk about things as a man. And I hope it leads to good things for you. But again, I guess what I'm saying is that this is for entertainment purposes only, but I hope it becomes more than that. And with that said, let's get started. Are you ready to go, Freddie? I am ready to go. Ask away. All right. So the first thing I ask is if you could give me a 30-second bio about you right now. Could you do it? I could try. That's Go the best it. thing I could do in life is try. Yeah. Yes. Give me, give me about 90%. If I go 100, I'm going to pass out. So there's that one. I am 36 years old currently. I literally had to think about that one. So I, I'm 36 year old currently. I am a father of three full time. I have a job. I do podcasts. My entire intent in life is just to make people laugh. Uh, most wrestling fans call it popping the boys. And that's what it is. That, that's just, that's, that's me in a bubble. Work hard, play hard, sleep even harder. Works for me. I like it. Okay, that's a good start. We'll come back to that. With that said, we begin our discussion and the word, the mantra is prize. Prize consists of five letters. We go over four of them and we end with the middle letter. So we start with the first letter that is P for purpose defined as reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So Freddie, what is your purpose? To thrive, not survive. Okay. Most people don't seem to know the difference on that one. They have a tendency to go with survival, like living paycheck to paycheck and so on and so forth. And it's, it's a vicious cycle because you can never seem to get out of it. Problem is with most people that they don't try. Uh, if you try and you fail, you, you try and fail. You try something else, what it is. My purpose is to continually to try different things and showing other people that no matter how dumb you are, again, case study and dumbness or stupidity, I guess. I don't even know the right words. A case study and stupidity, you can survive, not survive, but thrive and have fun with it. Okay. When did you realize that was your purpose? About six months after becoming an atheist. Okay. People, okay. it's like, people go, oh, uh, uh, what do you live for? And back when I was a believer, I go, oh, I, I live for God. I live to serve and so on and so forth. I still live to serve. But I serve my way and I serve for my purpose. I serve to make people laugh. It's, it's fun. And this one thing that, that we need in this world is more people smiling, more people laughing, more people having a good time. Because this world sucks. I don't know if you've noticed it, but this world sucks. Agreed. Agreed. Like, don't just smile and nod. Smile and do something about it. Agreed. And Love my way of doing something about it is just making is starting that effort and making people laugh, making people smile, making people have a good time. What do you get out of making people laugh? 
I pop myself 10 times as much as I pop the boys. I really do. I, I have inside jokes, dad jokes. Like, I love dad jokes. I do. Like, I don't laugh at the joke. I laugh at people going, oh. <laughs> the groan is laughter to me. Yes. Like, my favorite dad joke, and it pops pop people all the time. It's like, it's like, why did the uh, uh, bicycle fall down? Because it was wow. too tired. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's one of the dumbest freaking things. To do. But I love it. And you know what just happened? You laughed. Yep. That is the best feeling in the world. One of these days, like, if I didn't have such stage fright as a kid, or, or now, actually, the, the doing doing stuff like this and uh, making people laugh on, on the daily is is conquering some kind of stage fright. But... I don't think I could ever actually get on stage and perform, but I do it every day for fun. And it's great. I love it. That's it's a it's a thrill. It's 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 excitement. You get your blood going. It's 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 working out without actually having to work out. I am literally laughing my ass off. I like that. Uh, <laughs> laughing my ass go. off. I got that. You <laughs> I just caught that. I like that. Layered comedy. Well done. Well done. <laughs> so my last question in terms of the P is growing up, did you have somebody like you in your life? Yes and no. Uh, I didn't I didn't grow up in a serious family. Like they weren't strict or anything like that, but they weren't cheerful. Uh, my dad drank as a child or drank as a child. He drank when I was a child. Right. You know, I'm not for certain. He grew up in the sixties and seventies. He may have drank as a child. That's, I wasn't there. I wouldn't know, but um, he did a job that he hated. Absolutely freaking hated for years to take care of his family. And I didn't realize that until the end. I became a parent myself. And I made him cry one day, actually. And I, I hate this fact, but I love it. The same, same, same thing. Because I was fighting for custody of, of my daughter, which I, I eventually lost because I was a mom's state. But we're not going to get into that. But he told me one day, we were, we were out at the bar playing pool, and he's like, I just wish I was half a dad to you as you are to her. Which made me tear up a little bit and I don't cry very often. It's not, it's not a man thing going, right. going, oh, I, I'm a man, I can't cry. It's, it's a sad thing in the world that people seem to believe that, right. that men are not allowed to show emotions. But I made my dad cry one day because I told him, I go, you worked at a job for 20 years that you went into work at like five o'clock in the morning, didn't come home until five o'clock at night. The only thing you wanted to do was sit down in your chair and watch TV. Now that I work a factory job, granted, I don't work from five to five, but I, I can tell what he's coming from. The work sucks, but you do it to take care of your family because it your, it's your responsibility to do so. You do what you have to what you can do, what your pillars should do to take care of your family. And I told him about that, I was like, you have much more respect for me than you could possibly think of. And middle of the bar, 10 o'clock at night, with his friends around him, he started crying. Which made made me tear up a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I, like, I'm not going to lie about that one, but uh, I was a young, dumb kid at the point, and I thought that that you're not supposed to do that. So I was slightly embarrassed at the time for him and for me. Now I realize, like, screw them. Right. I hear that. Very few people, people get moments like that with their parents. And that's, that's special 
when you can connect like that, especially father to son, father to daughter type of thing, because it's hard to get that kind of, and it's an intimate relationship. To be able to talk to somebody and express that kind of emotion is hard enough. To say it to your son or your daughter is hard enough. To do it in public is even harder. So to get them to just kind of break down. And I guess he understands all that time I did, all that work, all that. It meant something. I, the way I look at my kids, I send my kids out and they're a reflection of me when I send my kids out into the world, go to school, do whatever. So if I can send my kids out into the world and they're good people, I feel like I succeeded. If I send my kids out when they get older and they're good parents, I take that as a good job, that I did something right. So in a way, I think your father can really sit there. I worked hard and I did all this and I gave them the superficial, but what I put out into the world is a good dad. I had a hand in that. So I appreciate that. And, I'm, and don't ever let that go because that, that's something your dad can take pride in, that he had a hand in making a good man. So well done. And that's a moment, you know, I haven't had one of those and maybe one day I will. Um, well, with that, go ahead. I say your kids are all under the age of 10, right? right? Oh, no, I have my oldest is, a, I have a 17 year old son. Oh, okay. I have a 15 year old daughter, 12 <laughs> year old daughter and a seven year old daughter. So we're getting there. We're getting See, there. And I, I keep forgetting that you're so much older than me. <laughs> I really do because like like we yes we we know you're the older statesman you're the uh elder yeah. statesman I guess the mm -hmm. elder there you go elder mm -hmm. see I'm dumb I can't think of words words <laughs> words words mm -hmm. uh you're you're the elder statesman of the group but you're what you're 40 you're 47 right I'm think? 47 okay. yep mm -hmm. I'm I'm 36 but you you until you revealed your age you weren't that old. <laughs> no, you weren't. Like, you don't look 47. You don't act 47. You sure in the hell don't sound 47. I don't know what 47 sounds like. I know. I was, I, mean, I was wondering what exactly does that mean. Yeah, it's so. like, you're, I mean, you're not going back in my day. <laughs> I yeah. hope to never sound like that. I need a little bit of bass in my voice, so I better not sound that bad. <laughs> the entire um, walking uphill both ways in the snow. Oh goodness, I'm not going to be that guy. to take a um, test that you had no. to study for. No, I'm an old soul. That's one thing that I can, that I, I believe. I'm an old soul, but young at heart, that type of thing. Maybe that's the best way to describe it, I think. I, I think the best thing you can say is that when you were in school, you didn't have Google. <laughs> I didn't have what? I didn't have what? Google. Google. I didn't have Google. That's true. I had to look shit up. <laughs> I had an encyclopedia set. I had to look stuff up, and I'm proud to say I know how to use one. And we encyclopedia continue. Brown, man, no, encyclopedia <laughs> Brown. The next letter in the word prize it is the word resilient. Resilient is described as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness. What has made you resilient? The word quickly in there bothers me. Mm. I mean, not not for the statement. It just bothers me for my answer because I don't have something. I, I don't recover quickly. If something affects me, I don't recover quickly. It, it does bother me. But to have something bother me, it's got to hit hard. And nothing ever really does anymore because I've lived through so much. First of all, I'm not allowed to swear on this. Just break point. Okay. I'm... I'm trying not to because it's yeah. okay. Yeah, but I'm I'm trying not to, but I've been through so much so much stuff in my life. Um, I grew up, as they say, on the wrong side of town. Um, we didn't like it was a majority white people, but it was like wrong side of the track white people. Okay. And it wasn't dangerous. Like I've I've been shot twice as a kid, but I was shot in the ass both times. Wow. And I have enough padding back there. It doesn't really bother me too, too much. <laughs> Luckily, I was wearing jeans one day, like had a, a, ironically enough, a Bible in my back pocket. Probably why I have back problems now. 
but uh and it just it just happened to hit it missed the bible and hit the uh um one of the buttons in my back pocket and just okay. hit it and skidded enough that it was a flesh whim but i can still say i've been shot twice as a kid good for you i but, guess yeah you know, <laughs> i'm i'm just saying it's like i i I've been, i grew up in rough neighborhoods but i was telling my daughter one day because she she likes them around town but this is we live in a town now that it's not perfect but it's a hundred times better than the place that i grew up right and now we have tracking apps and so on and so forth so i'm a little bit at ease with where she's going and who she's right. hanging out with and we have a little more open communication but in the world that i grew up we had free range parenting where as long as i'm home by by the time the uh sweet street lights turned on right good as long right. as i had a, my home, homework done i'm good parents did not care right so like we used to do the backyard wrestling thing too yeah, like I've been thrown through windows, like plate glass. I, I didn't know until I was in my 30s that what sugar glass was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I applaud you. Now, that that's the fun part of it. Now we like, but we used to there was white panel vans. There was like four white panel vans from my house to the gas station. And I didn't know about white panel vans at that point. Wow. Luckily, like, like I'm the fat kid now, but I wasn't a fat kid back then. So candy didn't bother me. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't want the candy. I hated suckers. So you can't lure me into the van with candy. You have some adult magazine on, on the flip side of that. It might be a different thing, but they never had that option. So I always like, nah, I'm, I'm good with the walking. Okay. So okay. I could probably used to lose a few pounds off, off my ass anyway so that's what it is well but then let me all, ask you I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off I apologize well I mean you living but and that that's just it's a very comedic way of, of saying that the neighborhood sucks the neighborhood <laughs> sucks school sucks and so on and so forth but mm. I eventually grew above what brought me to the dance I I realized I was worth more than that. And I got myself out of, out of that situation. That was where I started to know where, where it was. So, anyway, you, I, we've gotten off track. I, no, it's all right. I will ask you. So, and you answer and give as much as you want. Now you mentioned that you were in custody battle with your daughter and eventually you didn't that as a parent, and as a, and actually as a child, because my parents were divorced when I was 10 and I had to go to court and tell a judge which parent I wanted to live with. I've literally, that was just horrifying for me as a child. My question is, I know I would take that hard, having to even go and defend my right to see my child. And if it didn't, and it didn't work out, how did you recover from that? It was hard, um, but I knew growing, growing, going in that it was an uphill battle. I also know that my ex, even though we don't get along all the time, she's still a friend of mine. She's an awesome mom. Um, she deals with other stuff on, on her own as well. Uh, so if my daughter had to grow up, grow up without one parent full time, she's down here as much as much as she wants to, but we live probably good 100 on about probably 100 miles away of parking each other okay so it's not it's not that big a deal it's like it's not like i only get to see her during the summer so on and so forth but right if she had to grow up with just one parent i'm glad her mom and now her stepdad are as good as people as they are that's cool. uh, I was I was joking with her one day. I go, her okay. Her stepdad and I do not get along. I don't know why. He just he just I I rub him the wrong way. He rubs me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. We've never been able to get off that that stoop type thing. Right. Uh, I think we just kind of butt heads as far as, as far as parenting goes, and I, I'm a barrier from what's going on, which is fine. Yeah. I I 
understand this new concept. Yeah. But I told my daughter one day, I'm like, I want him to rock, walk you down the aisle. Like if I had a choice, when you get married, I want him to walk you down the aisle, but I want to officiate the wedding. Because him stepping into that role, as a stepfather myself, my son's again, 12 years old, but I didn't meet him until he was four. Um, pre-started family, as they say. I know what it's like to step into that role where things are always fishy. He finally called me dad the other day. Uh, what is that? Eight years down the road. He called me dad the other day. And now that he's, he's grown accustomed to that, he calls me dad all the time. In really weird situations, his mom is like, you know what? I like it, but it's freaky. Like it's just it, it it's borderline annoying. <laughs> he does it all the time. It's great, but he does it all the time. So we've we've created a balance the way it is. Now, fast forward till right now. I don't know if I, I I'm not sure if if I've talked about this on chat or not, but um I'm kind of going through a situation right now with my daughter as well, where I want her down here. For high school she's going in as a freshman next year right. but we need to get her signed up in march so she has the next two weeks to decide if she wants to spend high school up there or down here okay now the only thing that would change would be her 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 living situation she'd be down right. here full time and visit her mom but she'd be there for the summer so she still gets to visit her friends and so forth i told right. her Back in the day, like when you moved, like when, when I was growing up, walking uphill both ways to school in the snow, you didn't have Skype, you didn't have Zoom, you didn't have, like, you had to write letters physically. I don't think kids know how to do that nowadays. Not a clue. I really don't. So yeah. you have cell phones. I told her flat out, it's like, you move down here, you're getting a cell phone because I need a tracking app on you. Right. And it's going to be a huge pain in the ass to get one of those little like key fob things in your pocket every single day without you knowing. At least if I put it on your phone, you're going to know about it. Exactly. You're going to forget about it eventually. Mm -hmm. and, and if I need to know where you are, because I'm a parent, I'm going to know where you are. I just go like on my phone and it's like, hey, you're, you're sitting behind the, the, the local bar. Uh, come home now so I can beat your ass. I wouldn't spank my kids. Just saying, like, we understand. Okay, the I'm, not, I'm not, <laughs> not going to say I'm not going to spank my kids because they're they're justifiable yes. reasons at times. But <laughs> you won't abuse her. That's what you're not. No, do. no, that, that's that, what. There, there's no belt involved. It's one of those yeah. things. It's more of a scare tactic. It's most likely not going to happen. And dude, my daughter can whoop whoop some ass herself. Like there's, there's going to be a day, there's going to be a day that like, I'm not going to even raise my hand. She's just going to tackle me <laughs> in the yard playing football and I'm going to break a hip. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> no, it's not good, but it's going to happen. One of these days, like, and I, like, I drink milk like a champ. <laughs> but one of these days, these, these hips are going to fail. These hips are going to lie to me. All right. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Oh, we had a Shakira reference, and I don't know how it happened. I don't know. <laughs> oh wow! I applaud you. I got to say, when we when you mentioned the custody thing, because I was in court where my parents were just fighting for custody of me, and then that was hard coming from that side because when you're a kid of divorce, you kind of feel like you're the reason things happen. So that's hard enough. I don't know if I could do that. We have so much in common. I'm a stepfather too. And how you're perceived by them is important. The one thing that I have to, I guess I respect it, is I cannot handle, I would not be able to handle one of my daughters being walked down the aisle by somebody else. And I understand why you would do it. I couldn't do it. I am, I consider myself a pretty good person, pretty mature. I don't care 
if my wife, if we got divorced and she married some other guy and this guy was amazing. No, hell no. And the bitter irony of it is that I would, I would be walking down as a stepfather, some girls in a wedding, but I can't handle, I couldn't handle somebody else doing it. I don't know. I feel like that's my right as a father that I brought you into this world. And that's my thing. And I don't know this guy and I'm sure he's great. And when I'm not there, he's a good second, but I don't think I have the emotional maturity to watch somebody else walk my child, my daughter down the aisle. And I think if nothing else, I'll take that from you. Yeah. It doesn't have to do anything with the emotional uh, maturity, to be honest. Mm -hmm. The entire second place type situation kind of goes right there because he may get a walker down the aisle, but then he has to sit there in the front freaking row because that's what happens. You you walk something in the aisle, you sit in the front row. Mm -hmm. That's the prize spot. You have to sit there and watch me in the front freaking row and I can see you. I'm in this position and you're not. Mm-hmm. Win. Win. I'll take it. I like that. We skip the I in prize because we're going to come back to it. The next letter is Z. The word is my favorite. It is zeal. Zeal is enthusiastic devotion. What are you enthusiastically devoted to narrow this down to what gets you out of bed in the morning that that's probably the best way that i can rephrase that and what gets me out of bed in the morning is taking care of my family they are number one they're they're the reason why i work in a job that i'm i'm considerably underpaid and uh you can ask pretty much anybody that that works there we have about like a 30 percent less pay rate than what what we should be. The only reason I have a 30% or we, we do, the only reason I'm working there is because it's a first shift position, which means uh, I get to spend time with my kids because during the day, my kids are in school or daycare or so on and so forth. Uh, in the afternoon, if I was working second shift or probably even third shift, but if I was working second shift, I wouldn't see my kids. Now I come home and we all, we all sleep. I would never see my kids sleep we hit the weekend and I'm sleeping all day to keep the same pattern. Mm. So there's that. So I would take the 30% pay cut, which does add up. I mean, you, yes, you can imagine adding 30% to my, to my pay. I'd be making roughly $25 an hour. So, but so you take a 30% pay cut so you can spend time with your kids. I know for a fact that time is the one thing in life that you cannot buy. You can't. The best thing you can do as far as buying time is retiring early. And yep. if I ever win the lottery, I'd do it. Like, I, I take that back. I'd probably wait a couple of years, but I guarantee I get bored off my ass. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably podcast more if, if, I, if I win the lottery because it would keep my, keep my bearings straight. I hear you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, that's what it is. That's the reason I, I take I take the lower paying job. I, I, I skimp and is it scrimp or one of those? That's the reason I, I, I do the things that I have to do is to fulfill my duties as a father, as a husband and a figure in life. That is my zeal. That, that is what, what <laughs> out of bed in the morning. That's good. That's, That's good. <clears throat> excuse me and we end the word prize with e expectation i hate this question <laughs> a strong belief <clears throat> that right, something man. will you happen know, yeah i'm some all right jack or something like that i gotta put something down <laughs> put a strong something belief down. that something will happen or be the case in the future so if you can tell me what you expect of yourself in one year, in five years, and in 10 years, what would they be? Um, I don't know what to expect to happen. In fact, I don't expect anything to happen. If nothing changes, with the exception of 
just living another day, mm -hmm. honestly, I'd be cool with it. It would. Like I, I'm not searching for more. If it happens, cool, whatever. It's great. I love it. Um, this entire podcasting thing. If it, if we we ever hit it big, dude, that'd be dope as fuck. Yes, it, it would. really would. Like selling merchandise and whatever. It'd be a lot of work, but I'd mm -hmm. be able to retire early. I'd be able mm -hmm. to spend. I wouldn't have to go to work and well, go to work. I wouldn't have to to go. I wouldn't have to make money for somebody else mm -hmm. so I can live. Agreed. So in a year, I'm not, I don't expect this to happen, but I'm going to work towards it. So it's, okay. it's going to be a goal more than anything else. In a year, I want to be making money off of this. Okay. I mean, we're really not now. We don't, we don't really have the subscribers or anything else, but like, like I want to be making money off of having fun. Agreed. The entire thing we have right now, we're just having fun. And it's great. I love it. It's the, the highlight of my week and majority of the times. Uh, so that's like next year. In five years, I want to have the ability to like work on it full time. To not, not only have this show, but have, have a entire system that we all have our own five pillars of shows uh, okay. going on and we can work on on our own stuff but it's like having our own channel okay i like that which, i like that which it'd be a group effort to do certain things um if you have if you had anything going on that a certain channel would not approve it because it wouldn't fit their whatever right we would have the backers behind us you could do pretty much whatever you you wanted to because you would have the history on your side all this stuff that you put you put forward in your past you can do it do it in like last five years you can say this is what i've done this is what i want to do put your faith in me and i will make it now in 10 years we won't be doing this for money we're just doing it for fun exactly so realistically because right now we're, we're doing the same thing right we're not we're not we're not getting paid for it we're doing it for fun mm -hmm. so right now we're doing it for fun five years we're doing it for money 10 years from now we're doing it for fun because we don't need the money i like that well said that's good i like that i like this question because <clears throat> i think it kind of forces you to consider what you want to do, what you want your life to look like. But if you kind of roll with the punches and kind of go with the flow, then you can, you don't have to expect, you can hope or you can just be ready for whatever happens. And I think that's where you are. You expect to be in a good place. Where that place is, you don't know. Wherever you may be, but you're going to be doing something that you enjoy. And I think that's a good expectation to have. So I like that. That's a different answer from what I've gotten in the past. Well, I'm one of those people too. I I don't fish. I really don't. Like I'm I I told my boss the other day, it's like because I was working with a guy that guy's a douchebag. Let's just say that. Like the, the that's the cleanest thing I can say about this guy. Right. I have words. Uh, but I told her flat out, I go, you would consider me a pretty easygoing guy, right? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I never work with that guy again? Mm. Mm. <laughs> she, she, she started laughing. She goes, no, I understand. The next day okay. after that, the next day after that, he was clear on the complete other side of the shop. That's good. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm a very easygoing guy. Nothing really bothers me. It's not that mm -hmm. I don't care. The entire thing about going, uh, I, I just don't give a fuck type thing. Mm-hmm. I do and I don't. I I care what I give a fuck about. Right. You choose your battles. Having complete apathy about everything is not a good way of doing it because you just people start to notice that and you was like, well, 
if I don't matter to you, then what's the point? Like if if my wife thought I didn't, I she didn't matter to me, I wouldn't have a wife. If my kids did not think that I did not care about them, they would grow to resent me. Mm-hmm. And I want a relationship with my wife and my kids until I die. That's the goal. It's like you choose what you give a fuck about. It's being selective with your fucks. Imagine you have 10 fucks to give. Throughout your day, you have 10, you have, you have 10 fucks to give. I like that. And I'm going to, being selective, with that's, that's, I'm writing it down. I love it that much. That's great. Who knew? <laughs> and with that, <clears throat> we've covered four of the letters, but we get to the heart of it. Mm-hmm. So the last letter, at least not in the order of spelling, but in terms of importance, the letter is I. And for me, the I represents you in particular. So we've talked about you and kind of what your challenges are, the shackles that are on us, the titles that are thrown upon us. If you could take all of the titles, all the things that we're supposed to be, father, husband, employee, best friend, taking all of those titles off of you, who exactly are you? I'm a comedian. In a single word, I am a comedian. I, my goal in life is to make you laugh. Making you laugh brings a smile to my face. Uh, my ultimate goal with somebody is to literally make them pee their pants. Because as Adam Sandler says, you're not cool unless you pee your pants. The fact that you know exactly who you are makes you even more amazing because not everybody knows. A lot of people are trying to find out, but you know exactly what you want to do. And that makes you the prize. So we've covered the word prize. Freddie, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. This was a fun conversation as usual. We always have fun conversations. And with that, how, better way to do this, how do we know each other? We, we know each other through a podcast called Bracket Bastards. Uh, what Bracket Bastards is, I started with a, it was COVID times. I had nothing to do. And um, the New Day. You as a wrestling fan know you as a wrestling fan know who, who the New Day are. Exactly. They came out with an episode on the New Day podcast, great show, mm-hmm. uh, where they did a bracket of of toys, of like it was, it was around Christmas time. They did a they did a bracket of toys, and it was phenomenal. But I didn't agree with it, so I created a page on Facebook. Actually, I did it with my friends first, but then we I created a page on Facebook called bracketology they it just kind of grew i made a whole bunch more and um as i as the entire thing is is that uh, 32 64 or 128 or more we narrow it down to a winner and that's what that's that's what we do we take you myself hugh jess and as always jeremy uh narrow these things down to one, we don't always agree. In fact, that's half the fun of it. And we're not saying that this is the best movie or the best toy or the best, right now, the best comedian, um, but it's what we voted for as a group of people. We have Jeremy is a token stoner. Jess is a token white girl. I've talked to her about this. She, she does allow me to say it. Um, not trying to get racially conflicted here, but you're but you take the role as the token black guy. The whole effing show right there. Uh, Q is just a bastard. Like there's no there's no other way to describe that that man. Like 
even his wife and myself, I work with Q. Like that's how the second thing started. I work with him. He's a bastard. Like what you hear of him in there, same damn thing. He is not filtered at all. This show is not filtered. It is not minivan friendly. It is definitely not work appropriate. Oh, damn unless, right. unless you have headphones in. Granted, if your headphones are hidden and, and, and you're laughing at customers, they're going to think you're crazy, but you, you listen to our show, you're going to get crazy anyway. So that's what it is. But no, that that's how Harvey and I know each other. We originally did, what was the first one? Like TV and movie cars? I, yes, that was the first one yeah. I think we recorded, oh, yeah. We didn't record that one. That was just kind of the meet and greet between you, me, and Jeremy. Right. Or, yeah, I don't know the proper yeah. English on that one, but... Mm-hmm. Kit from Knight Rider won, won that one, and I was super yep. disappointed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that. But that's what that is. You can find us on Spotify, uh, five stars, all that. Trust me, the five stars is going to be earned. Yes. Like if yes. you if if it was possible to give six, seven, or eight, you would. Damn right. Damn right. Exactly. We are entertaining as hell. We are. Damn we right. are. There's. <laughs> Very, very few filters when it comes to things. There are filters, but that's just because there are things that even we deem inappropriate. Yep. And if we deem them inappropriate, they're inappropriate. Damn right. Damn right. Uh, as well, because I'm going to go ahead and assume this is getting to the entire um, uh, social thing. Get it you. all. I got you. Uh, I am on Facebook at Freddie Fisher. No hesitation in messaging me. Uh, tell me why, though. Like, it, it's it's worse than spam calls. You get like spam messages on Facebook. Yeah. Because then it sticks. It sticks in your inbox. And you can't get rid of it. Yeah. So if you if you give me a message, want to talk wrestling, want to talk t- politics, want to talk religion. Uh, those two, I'm highly opinionated about. So. I will respectfully disagree with the majority of your stuff, but I'll talk to you. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, the bastard they warned you about, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm friends with our main man, Harv, right now. So if you can find him, you can find me. Damn right. Damn right. This was, I'm so glad that I, you know, jumped in to do this podcast. This is like the most fun I have in the week because I could just talk about anything. And that's what we do. We talk about anything and we venture off into whole different conversations about whatever, but it's fun. And I'm so glad that we're doing it and we should do it forever for as long as we can. Mm -hmm. Your reactions are the best. (laughs) They really are. Like, I seriously believe that Q does shit. Just to get a rise out of you. <laughs> I believe it. I believe Just it. Just to get a rise out of you. It's great because you can go, you, you can, like the entire thing of, oh, Robin Williams got, got a vote against him the other day. And you were like, what? And your voice, I, I don't think I could get that high. <laughs> I like, couldn't do the, that willingly either. The octaves that went on my, uh, my little bar thing there, right. I'm pretty sure it, it went, it hit 11. <laughs> I really, yes, I definitely, I recognize my place on the podcast now, now, being the older person. Sometimes you guys just say stuff and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Where now, did that come from? Granted, Q does that to everybody, not just you, but of you, course. you do have some of the best reactions. <laughs> it's fun. So, and I love Q. It's all it's all in fun, which I think is the best. Um, this was good. I'm glad we got to get out separate and talk. And I don't know, maybe we do it again in the future, and we'll see what happens. As one of those pillars, end, uh-huh. one of those pillars that we're gonna have to do. By the way, I was talking about like the five pillar uh-huh. type situation. Me, yeah. you, and somebody else. Like, if you have a dope ass wrestling fan out there uh-huh. that knows more about like the AEW stuff, because I want to watch AEW, but I can't. Like mm. none of the streaming apps that I have have it on there, and I'm not oh. gonna pay for, I'm not gonna pay for Fight TV or like Sling or something like that just to mm-hmm. watch the one show, which I'm I not home for anyway. Right. Okay. So like, if you guys want to have a wrestling podcast, because between your 
your education on that, mm-hmm. my my education on that, and whoever you happen to bring in education on that, mm-hmm. we can have again an, an unfiltered conversation because it's really hard to put a filter on me. Like I, I I've been trying. Why? Don't do that. Because no. like, you're okay. Your your podcast, which I love. I do I, I love this podcast. I listen to every single episode. Uh, and if I could give it more than five stars, I would. I give it props every time I can when you um, give your socials in, uh, information on our show. Because it like it's not, and I wouldn't promote something that I don't I don't believe in. That that's the deal. But this is not the podcast you have, the show that you have because it's, it's videos, so technically I call it a show. The show that you have is not the only reason that I would really want to swear in this is that if I was getting animated enough to do it. Right. It's not to swear just to swear, which now I swear just to swear. Because as we discussed before, I don't believe in swear words. Right. Not not using swear words. I just don't right. believe swear words should be a thing. I think it's fun, and I appreciate the kind words. Thank you very much. And how we end, because I love a good quote. Here's a quote I found, and as I was looking through, and I'm like, I, this, I feel like this fits you. And I think it's because you mentioned how much you like to make people laugh. I think it's something that fits. So here's my quote as we end. Too many people grow up. That's the real trouble with the world. Too many people grow up. They don't remember what it's like to be 12 years old. They patronize. They treat children as inferiors. Well, I won't do that. That's Walt Disney. I think the enjoyment that you get out of life. I, you're a big kid to me. To me, when I talk to you, you're just a kid. You're enjoying life. Nobody likes getting making somebody laugh more than a kid fart, some dumb joke or something. I think your joy with that is very much childlike to me. That's why I like I love fart jokes. Fart jokes are awesome. (laughs) I hate those, but I have to laugh. I'm I'm going to hit your quote with another one, if you don't mind. Go for it. uh, I I have a sign above my door, above my my back door, which is our our, our main entrance. It says, uh, "Growing, growing old is mandatory. But growing up is optional. I like that. I like that. I have no idea who the hell said it, but that's what it says. I'll find it because I like that quote. And it kind of fits and it works perfectly as we exit. Freddie, thank you very much for doing the pod with me. I appreciate it. The time was well worth it. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you for listening to the Men of the Prize podcast where your inner monologue is revealed. We will speak soon. Have a great day.